Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Should a church be organised? Is it up to one man to lead a church or is it a group effort, a team effort? We talked about leadership structure yesterday, Colin. We've seen that there's got to be a leader of the leaders. Um, Now, let's talk about authority. Spiritual authority is very, very important in Scripture. But what we have to remember is the Lord himself is the ultimate authority and all authority comes from him. Now, he does not give authority to positions. He gives authority to people. Sometimes you hear of somebody saying, as your pastor, I'm telling you. And you know, well, the dear man has lost the argument. If the people don't know he's the pastor, something is seriously wrong. If he is the pastor, he doesn't need to remind them that he's the pastor. That kind of approach is authoritarian. It's trying to impose upon people. It's heavy. It's very heavy. But you see, where true authority exists, people recognize it. I can always remember when the move of God began in 1970 when I was Anglican vicar in Luton. I was only 30 years old. And Everybody was saying, not in the church, but as I, you know, because of the move of God that happened there, people coming from all over the world, pastors, leaders, literally from all over the world to see what God was doing there. And everybody would say to me, Colin, you speak with such authority. Um, we see the way you pray for people in the prayer. There's such authority. And when I began to travel, everybody was saying, you have such authority. Never heard people, anyone speak with such authority. Now, I'm not by nature at all an authoritarian kind of person. Where had this authority come from? Well, it had come from the Lord. It hadn't come from my position. Right? I'd been, I'd been a, a priest in the church for years. But it came from the anointing of God. It came from what he was doing. It was something completely unselfconscious. I didn't realize I had it. I didn't think of myself as a person of authority. But it's what people saw in me. Now, look at the Gospels. What did they say of Jesus? He is a man of authority. He speaks with such authority. Where did you get this authority from? Who gave you this authority? And... There should be a God-given authority in those who are in leadership. Now, unfortunately, what you find sometimes is that people in leadership try to imitate the authority that others have, and that never works because it has to be a God-given authority. And all leaders need that because how are you going to get people to move ahead in the purposes of God when they don't want to unless you have authority. And I say when you don't want to because if if you're leading people forward in the things of God, you're leading them in the spirit. And the scripture says the spirit and the flesh are utterly opposed and the flesh is your self-life, it's your natural life. So naturally, people will not want to go in the way that God wants them to go. 
This is why Jesus said, if anybody is going to come after me, he will have to deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Because in the natural, you will not want to go the way I lead you. And that is true in the church. So, of course, there cannot be true leadership where the leaders want to please the people. If you want to please the people, you will compromise the purpose of God. I, I say when I'm talking to uh, leaders, I say you've got one or two choices. You can please God and displease the people, or you can please the people and displease God. But there's very seldom can you please both God and the people. So you have to make your choice, you see. But the, the thing is that if there is the anointing, if there is the authority, people will go with you because they will recognize this isn't you, this is God. God speaking through you, God working through you. So, um, you know, they don't say lovely sermon vicar. They say, oh, the Lord really spoke to me this morning. Uh, they, they, they can see it, you know, they're, they're dealing not with man, but with God. And, and you see, somebody who is confident in his anointing in that way will want to raise up other people around him with anointing who are just as confident in their anointing. He will want everybody actually in the church to discover their anointing and to be free to move powerfully in their anointing so that God can use them. Uh, he will want to teach people the authority that everybody has as believers. Now, there is authority in leadership, but there is authority of believer. Every believer has authority over all the power of the enemy. Every believer has the authority to heal in the name of Jesus. Every believer has the authority to witness. Every authority, every believer has the authority to pray in the name of Jesus and to take hold of the promises of God and the full inheritance that we have in Christ and apply it to their lives. Every believer has that authority, but the, the, the leader... Uh, sorry, every member has that authority, but the leader is to is to is to help people enter into all that full inheritance and that authority that God gives them. So, uh, the leaders in the church, of whom there should not just be one in a church, this authority that that you have with it comes a great responsibility. Tremendous responsibility. Um, you see. Um, what uh, the scripture says is that we're to give honor to one another. We're to honor one another in the body of Christ. So you're to honor all, all the members, all your brothers and sisters in Christ. But we're to give double honor to those who are over us in the Lord. And, um, you know, somebody was telling me of uh, the other day, of, they were reading a book and uh, everybody should be the same in the body of Christ. That is not biblical at all. It is just not true because it says you are to give double honor to those who are over you in the Lord, so there will be those who are over you in the Lord. What does double honor mean in that sense? Well, you give double honor for, for this reason. Every one of us is to be accountable to God for our own Christian lives and witness with, us, with the stewardship of our lives, with what we have done with our lives. On the day of judgment, we will be called to account, well, how have you lived out your life in Christ? Um, but those in leadership have a double accountability. All of us are accountable to God for what we do with our lives. But the leader is also accountable to how he has led God's people, to the way in which he has led them, to the influence that he has had upon them. So because they have double accountability, they have double honor. 
which means you're to go out of your way, the scripture says, to help them, to encourage them, to build them up, to support them, to love them, to care for them, to give to them, because they are pouring out, if, if they are true leaders, they are pouring out their lives for you, for the body. Do you meet a lot of church leaders who just are struggling in that area, who do not have that support? Oh, yes. Many, many, many. I mean, you know, I over the years, of course, I've spoken at lots of, of um, uh, leaders, pastors, ministers, conferences, and teaching days and, and so on. And you get a group of church leaders together, and you know that the first job you have to do is to pick them up and encourage them. That so many will come to that conference deflated, defeated, feeling unloved, uncared for by the people that they lead. I'm afraid that is true. Now, of course, this is not the case in every church, but I'm speaking generally. There will be so many that will feel that they're judged, that they're not really cared for even. Um, why should the pastor in a church be expected to live on about half the income that most of the members of the church live? Crazy, 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 crazy. Living on a small income doesn't make you holy. That doesn't make you a good pastor. It just means you're going to have more financial cares to support your family. So, um, I mean, it's not a financial thing. Don't think they're def deflated because of that. But they feel all the time that they're hitting their heads, really, against a wall, you know, that there's opposition in the church even from a minority of people, but usually a very vocal minority, people that want to control the church, people that want to control the leaders so that they get their way in the church. All these are human dynamics, you see, that exist in what we call churches. But of course, these things have absolutely nothing to do with being the true church and what the church is scripturally. And... Uh, Congregations like that will never become what God wants them to be unless there is a deep and thorough repentance, that a, a move of God that, that sweeps through the congregation. Hence, you have to be very sure of your calling. That's vital. Yes. Um, I would have to say that I think there are a lot of people that are in positions as pastors, as leaders, as priests, and so on, ministers, depending. I'm using all these different words because, of course, different words are used in different churches. Um, but there are many people in those positions that shouldn't really be in them, that they do not have the anointing to lead. They might be nice people. They might have anointing on their lives. I'm not saying there's no anointing on their lives. But you see, if you're in a position of leadership, you need to have an anointing to lead. And how do you know, um, how do you know that somebody has that anointing to lead? Well, it is said you cannot follow a stationary car. So a leader is on the move with God. He is growing, he's developing, he's moving all the time. But because people recognize his leadership, the anointing on him, they follow, they go with him. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 